It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We are here for you Monday through Friday, and today it is the podcast following the final game of the regular season. The Boston Celtics have completed 82 games, and that 82nd game was a 110-97 win over the Brooklyn Nets. I am John Corrales of RedsArmy.com and Boston.com. RedsArmy underscore John on Twitter. Here on my own to wrap up the season. Uh, the guys will have a more comprehensive playoff preview coming up for the Friday show. But I'm here on the Thursday show to kind of tie up all the loose ends. So let's start with the game and then we'll get to the playoff matchups and then <laughs> and Russell Westbrook is amazing. I'll talk about that in a little bit. And so let's just get to the game. So the Celtics won 110-97 behind Aaron Baines a career high 26 points to go along with uh 14 rebounds. He is the first player, the first center I should say to have 25-plus points, 14-plus rebounds since Kevin Garnett in 2008. So a career high, again, 26 points for Aaron Baines in a game that featured a lot of Abdel Nader, who was the leading minutes uh, guy in this game with 38 minutes. Uh, Yabusele played and played well, 16 points, 5 rebounds. Uh, he looked good out there. Jabari Bird, Shane Larkin. I mean, this was, this was basically... Uh, a lot of the bench, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Jason Tatum were technically available. So they all get DNP coaches decisions in this game, which is hilarious to me. So that's it. Who cares about this game? The game is meaningless. The Celtics season is over. They have won 55 games this season. 55 games is a two game improvement over last year. When they obviously won 53 games. That's math for you. So the Boston Celtics, let's just get this out there. With all of the injuries, losing Gordon Hayward five minutes into the season, having uh, Marcus Smart play basically uh, half the season. Uh, he played 54 games, so not half the season, I shouldn't say, but it's close. Uh, 54 games for Marcus Morris. Kyrie Irving played 60 games that that's not ideal. <laughs> that's not ideal. And the Celtics still won 55 games and were the easy two seed for a long time. So 
that just goes to show. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, it goes to show that Brad Stevens is magic, and he absolutely should be coach of the year. To get 55 wins out of this team with these injuries, having played these guys as many minutes as they as they did, uh, a lot of time for Kadeem Allen and Jabari Bird and Jonathan Gibson down the, the last part of the season, to make Shane Larkin into a an important player to have Daniel Tice be so important to this team that losing him was a, a big loss to, to get a lot of these guys to produce the way they did to coach Jason Tatum up and and see Tatum come out and be a much better player than we expected to have Jalen Brown make that leap to have Rozier make a, a big step forward all of these things Kyrie Irving especially early on, kind of uh, adapting his game. All of these things are obviously on the players to do those things themselves, but it's also part partly coaching. And so the Celtics to finish the year with more wins than last season, is it's just super, super impressive considering all of the injuries and all of the time that uh, they lost due to those injuries. They finished with the second best, technically the second best defense in the NBA and the 18th best offense. Should I say 18th best or 12th worst? Regardless, middle of the road offense, we'll call it that. And I feel like that number would have been much higher if they had had a lot more of these guys playing more minutes. Uh, I, I think this was, all in all... I know it was a disappointing season in the fact that, again, with those injuries, every time you turn around, something else was happening. I mean, Jesus Christ, Gordon Hayward's dog tore his ACL. And if anything is indicative of what this season was, it's that so many Celtics got hurt that even their pets had catastrophic injuries. I mean, Jesus, that's... It was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. But regardless... You had a lot of positive things happening, uh, and uh, Jason Tatum, I think, stands out as maybe the most positive thing to come out of this season. Uh, The Celtics stats, at Celtics underscore underscore stats Twitter account, which you should follow because they they always tweet out these, these cool statistics, reports that Jason Tatum has now become the fifth rookie in NBA history and the first since Steph Curry to finish a rookie season with a 1,000-plus points and a three-point shooting percentage of at least 40%, and his 43.4% mark from beyond the arc ranks fifth all-time amongst NBA rookies, and it also sets a franchise for the highest three-point percentage by a rookie. An amazing rookie season. By Jason Tatum. One of the best rookie seasons in Celtics history. When you think about, when you go back, I mean, it compares to the greatest rookie seasons that we've seen in this franchise. And partly that's because the franchise has been so blessed with talent that they don't get a ton of big-time draft picks to go out there and have these amazing rookie seasons. That's part of it for sure. But Jason Tatum went out and had an amazing rookie season and probably finishes 
third in the rookie of the year voting. I think the voting in the rookie of the year goes Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum third. Uh, Tatum, I think Tatum really loses votes for that midseason swoon, which I do think was a function of him having that baby. I really do. He hit a wall, but he hit a wall coincidentally at the same time he had the baby. So yeah, I'm blaming it on the Tatum tot. Sorry. And that's not a criticism of the kid. It's you have a baby and the baby cries and it shits everywhere and you got to wake up and take care of it as part of being a dad. And I'm glad I don't have to do that, but he does. And he did it when he was 19 years old. So, you know, Hey, good for him for, for coming through it on the other side and picking it back up and finishing with these amazing statistics. But I think, I definitely think it's, am I wrong to say a newborn could impact your work? Any parents out there tell me when you have a newborn that, that doesn't impact how you do your job. Come on, come on. Of course it does. So, but Jason Tatum came back and he's doing well and it's going to be really interesting to see how he does in the playoffs. So uh, I just want to remark on that amazing rookie season from Jason Tatum. I, I want to say also Kyrie, he had six, played 60 games. He still averaged 24.4 points to be the Celtics' leading scorer, both points per game and overall uh, in points, total points. In total points, Jason Tatum was second but he was third in points per game. Jalen Brown was the second leading scorer in points per game with 14.5. Jason Tatum, 13.9. Marcus Morris, 13.6. Al Horford, 12.9. Rozier, Smart, Monroe, 11.3, 10.2, 10.2. So they had eight guys averaging double figures. You can say is more maybe seven if you don't want to count Monroe's 25 games with the Celtics, but still, uh, a lot of uh, scoring that was spread out. So come playoff time, that can be a positive because that's uh, a bunch of guys that can go in there and can contribute. But that's the way the scoring broke down. Uh, but I do want to give Kyrie a shout-out for for having a, a, a nice season for as long as he was there. It sucks that he's not coming back, uh, but at least he'll be ready for training camp and his knee is structurally sound. So we'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to a lot of things next season that didn't come this season. Now we're looking forward. The Boston Celtics are matched up now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Before we talk about that matchup, I would like you to maybe go subscribe to the Locked On Bucks podcast because the Locked On Podcast Network has a podcast for every team. So now that we are locked in, to play locked in, locked on. Sorry. The we're playing the Bucks. I think it'd be great if you listened to the Locked On Bucks podcast every day, just like you were listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast every day, because now you want to know what the other team is thinking. You want to know how they see things from their perspective. And look, the beauty of sports is there's one game that's played on the floor. And it's indisputable the events that happened that Jalen Brown passed to Jason Tatum and Tatum passed to Al Horford who dunked the ball. But amazingly, when one event happens, P- 
people see how it happened differently. And so you got to have that other team's perspective. So I would su- I would suggest subscribing to the Locked On Buc- Bucks podcast and going and finding it where you found the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so now we're playing the Bucks, and this was my preferred matchup because mostly they are uh, the worst of the three options, Milwaukee, Washington, Miami. Defensively, they are ranked 18th in defensive rating. They're worse defensively, and the Celtics have trouble scoring. So right now, matchup-wise, I think I will take the bad defense, and that hopefully will allow the Celtics to maybe score a little bit more easily. Uh, I know that they have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know that. And by the way, just for the record, Giannis. Just say Giannis. Don't say Giannis. Yanis. Very simple. Yanis. It's a Greek thing. I'm Greek, so I'm just telling you. Yanis Intentokounmpo. He is obviously a megastar player. He is one of the most transcendent talents uh, and, and a once-in-a-generation type of player. And now you in the playoffs, you tend to not want to face those guys. And the return of Jabari Parker presents a little bit of a problem and they have Chris Middleton who can score and Bledsoe can score. This is not going to be an easy matchup. None of these matchups are going to be easy. But they are A, bad defensively and B, they lack discipline. And in the playoffs, when the pressure is on, I will take a Brad Stevens disciplined team over a Milwaukee Bucks team that lacks discipline but still has the best player in the series. And maybe that 
pardon the pun, bucks the trend of what you want. I really didn't mean to do that, but that was the only word I could use. Of choosing the team with the best player. I'm really still hurting from that pun. But I still think the Celtics with Horford and that defense can game plan for Antetokounmpo. I think that they can turn him into a little bit more of a jump shooter and they can take away the other options. And my standard go-to strategy when it comes to facing a team like the Bucks with a player as good as Antetokounmpo and with guys around him that can burn you, the standard go-to strategy for me is do not double Giannis. Do not overreact to Giannis because he's going to go get his. He can go put up 30, he can put up 40, he can put up 50. Hold the rest of the team to less than 50. And you can do it. Bledsoe's not a tremendous shooter. Parker can hurt you. Just don't let him hurt you. Middleton, you can't let him go off. Stay with him. Don't let Delavadova do whatever he does. So, I would say, don't overreact to Giannis. Game plan for him, obviously. Stop him from trying to get to the rim, which is not going to happen every time. Slow him down. And I think you can slow down the Bucks offense. Now, that Bucks offense is ranked ninth in the league, so it's good, top third. But I think of all the options, they are the best. I just don't see... Uh, Joe Prunty coming up with a master plan to get these bucks sprung. I mean, they got destroyed, destroyed in the final night of the season. So, I mean, God, 130 to 95, they lost to Philly. Jeez. They got destroyed. I just. I think of all the options, I certainly didn't want the Wizards. You know I didn't want the Wizards because of that backcourt. Miami was a better option. And I will say this. So Mark D'Amico, who works for Celtics.com, tweeted, Some C's fans preferred Milwaukee over Miami because Miami has, in quotes, great coaching and, quote, plays hard. They apparently forgot that high-end talent is king in the postseason. Bull series equals prime example. Giannis is a superstar. Middleton can score 30 on any given night. Bledsoe can score and defend at a high level. Parker is very good. Brogdon is a difference maker, etc. Be careful what you wish for. My response to him was, they are the worst defensive team of the bunch. The Celtics have trouble scoring right now. They also have less shooting than other teams and much less discipline. Points are well taken, but this is the best option. Now, he said, in response, all valid points, but I'm very, very confident that if the Celtics really had a choice of one another, they wouldn't have chosen this outcome. Now, he works for the team. He's around the team. So I'm guessing, since he singled out Miami, that the team would have preferred Miami. Fine. I, you know, I can see it. I can totally see it. They, they have less talent, and they don't have the best player in the series. I still feel like the Bucks are just 
matchup-wise, where the Celtics need to be, I think it, it's just it's just better. Now, Miami's offense is not as good, but the Celtics' defense is really, really good. Their defensive rating, though, they're seventh in the league defensively. And like I said, Milwaukee is 18th. So I just think that matchup works. I just, I, I'm, I'm just looking at that defense. And without Kyrie, without these guys, I, I think you just need to play the worst defense you can find. And now I, I will just extrapolate out just a little bit. I will say that the Celtics, it sucks that they're set up this way. But the path for the Celtics is not bad. They've got the Bucks in the first round, and if they get to that second round, they get the winner of Sixers Heat. Now, if the Heat can pull the upset, amazing. But the Sixers, granted, they've got a ton of talent, but they're all very young, like I've said, and I think they're vulnerable, and I just don't see the Sixers making a ton of noise in the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. They did finish winning 16 in a row, but like I've said before, and I, I said this on the Wednesday Locked on NBA podcast. They've beaten a bunch of really terrible teams. <laughs> and so I think that win over Milwaukee, granted it's a monster win. They won by 35. But it's the second or third playoff team that they've beaten in that entire 16-game stretch. So Philly's young. Next postseason, I'm afraid of Philly. This postseason, I'm not so much. And I'll just leave it at that. Speaking of the Lockdown NBA podcast, I'd love for you to go subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast. Like I said, I do the Wednesday show with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. We're there every Wednesday, but we're here Monday through Friday on the Lockdown NBA. Uh, it's, it's gone daily, and we've been doing that for about a month now. So it's definitely worth your while. We do about a half hour. Jake and I did 40 minutes in the last show, but it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. Uh, So go subscribe. I think if you add that to your mix, you're going to get a really great overview of the league. Even if you don't get a chance to watch all of the games, you're going to know a lot because we'll cover on that Locked on NBA show uh, just the big stories. We'll, We'll recap the previous night's game. So if you go through a stretch where you can't see things, you'll still be in the know. And that's important. You want to kind of get a sense of what's going on in the league, and you can kind of keep up even if you don't get a chance to watch. So Locked On NBA, subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts. So quickly before we go, just let's just run through the matchups for the playoffs. Uh, I don't have the schedule yet. That's probably going to come out at some point on uh, Thursday. So we'll wait for that. Uh, in the meantime, we know that it's Raptors versus Wizards, which is going to be really, really interesting with those two backcourts. Celtics-Bucks, as I said. Philly-Miami, as I said. Cleveland and the Pacers in the East. Then out west, I'm recording this before the uh, Utah-Portland game is over, so I don't know how that's going to go. We do know that out west, it's going to be Minnesota, who won that amazing game against the Nuggets. It sucks that the Nuggets are out. I mean, they've been so schizophrenic, but they lost after charging hard to even get into the position to be in the playoffs, losing in overtime. So it's Minnesota 
Rockets, Golden State, San Antonio, and then the third seed is either going to be Utah and Portland. They are going to take on Oklahoma City, and then the other team's going to take on the Pelicans, the fifth seed. So uh, fun, just fun all around. Those are going to be just a wild series. So check that out. And I just want to give a shout-out <laughs> to Russell Westbrook, who needed 16 rebounds to average a triple-double this season, and he went out and got 20. Because why not? Because that's Russell Westbrook. He knew exactly what he needed to get, and he went out and got 20 rebounds and averages a triple-double, again, being the first player ever to do it twice. So congratulations, I guess. I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me that he would go out and get 20 rebounds, knowing full well that he needs a 16-rebound game, that he didn't organically just go get 20 rebounds. He went out and specifically against the the Grizzlies and, and, and got 20 rebounds, just and then 19 assists on top of it. Uh, he had six points, 20 rebounds, and 19 assists. That's that's Westbrook for you, I guess. I know every guy goes out and stat chases. Like I get it, I get it that a lot of people go out and you know if they have an opportunity to get their stats, they'll get their stats. I just think that it's just so blatantly obvious that Westbrook said, "Oh yeah, okay, you want me to average triple? I'll average triple double. Boom, twenty rebounds." It's the biggest criticism of Westbrook is that he is more enamored with the chasing the stats. I think than than playing, I guess the right way. I mean, last year he was the MVP. He he hit a lot of shots. He, he in in the clutch. He had a great season, and he's he's really one of the great players in the NBA. Offensively, he's just a monster. He's athletically, he's a freak. It's just hilarious to watch him go after the rebounds. Knowing what he needs to get, it's just funny to me. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna belabor the point. You get it, you get it. I'm not, whatever. All right, that's the show. Uh, season is over, guys. Fifty-five and twenty-seven. Celtics finished the season on a win. Uh, overall, you know, it's been a fun season with these guys. They they really busted their asses to win as many games as they did, and how many. Huge comebacks did we see this year? How much fun did we have with these guys coming back from and winning games that they shouldn't have won? I mean, of those fifty-five wins, how many games did should have been losses? Really, if you go back and look, I'm sure there were probably like ten games that could have easily been losses that they came back and won. Games like in Indiana, where Terry Rozier makes the steal and the inbounds pass and the in the dunk. These things just you know, a bunch of game winners that stretch out out west where they went perfect out west. Just awesome. Season's not over, though, uh, for the Celtics. They do have a playoff series. We'll figure out when they play. We know they play the Bucks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be tough, but it'll be fun. And we get to see Giannis Antetokounmpo. And uh, that's just going to be very difficult, but also amazing to watch. If you are not a subscriber, this is your first time. Uh, welcome aboard. If you are a Bucks 
uh, fan and you're just starting to listen to Locked On Celtics, hey, welcome. Thanks. Go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. Uh, I like Milwaukee. As much as it's not Miami, it's not Beach, but Milwaukee's nice. It reminds me of Providence, you know, around the area where I grew up. So uh, subscribe to Locked On Celtics and uh, go ahead and rate us five stars if you are a subscriber and give us a good review and share. Tell all of the Celtics fans out there, if they're not listening to podcasts or not listening to our podcast, that they should tell them, listen to Locked On Celtics on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.